We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show episode. Oh, I don't have the number written down. All I know is the Yankees swept the Twins yet again. Scott, we're back uh, home instead of at the game, so it's a completely different animal uh, for a post-game podcast as as far as uh, that's concerned because we actually saw all the details of what happened, and I'm glad we were able to watch this game on TV and the the blowouts at, at the game where we could just 
you know, have fun with everyone because this was a tense game. It was a tense game, and I'm glad that I was able to watch this at home as well because it was um, it was a fun game to watch. Honestly, I, I think I, I I like the uh, the the tense the 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 games that are not. I mean, don't get me wrong, I like the laughers as well, but I like this high intensity stuff in the playoffs. It's it's good it's good for your soul. It's bad for your sleep, but it's great baseball. And the Yankees kind of opened it up at the end, but it was uh, it was good stuff, man. And they did exactly. What we thought they would do is they came, they went over to uh, to Minnesota and Seve. Well, he wasn't the sharpest in the very beginning. He really fell into it and uh, and started dominating. So um, it was good, man. It was it was good stuff. There were some things that were uh, some head scratchers on my side, but um, but yeah, it was a it was a good showing by the boys. Yeah, it's it's just uh, I was going back through some old tweets. Uh, Back to when in May I was getting into it with some Twins fans saying I'm I'm not and never will be afraid of the Twins. So I gave those the old retweet that I could just pile on the Twins graves. But it is amazing how much the Yankees just own the Twins in the postseason. I I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. No, it's is it 15 or 16 in a row now for them consecutive? It, it's a crap ton. It's a crap but, ton. I mean, it, for them consecutive in the playoffs, it's 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 unbelievable how 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 long the streak has gone on. And when you see, you know, in the beginning of the game with Jake Cave making that that attempt of a dive at a ball that's you know 10 feet in front of him, um, you're looking at that and you're like, well, it, you see these things in 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 back against the wall situations. You make dumb moves like that like that's why you lose that many games against a, to, to a team like the Yankees um it's it's sheer well, domination also you leave the bases loaded in the second inning with nobody out that's the turning point in the game as far as the twins go I mean you can't do that if you're in an elimination game well they didn't have much of a choice because Severino all of a sudden said I'm gonna start pitching now he said uh he got mad at himself or mad at somebody or somebody somebody tweaked exactly what they needed to do in that guy's brain because it was one of those situations you're thinking back, you're like, uh-oh, against the Twins now, he's in the second inning, we're, we're seeing you know, all these demons possibly coming back from uh, the ALC, or I'm sorry, from the uh, 2017 um, wildcard game, and you know, what, well, he, what, just what he did is he just, stopped. In general. he just stopped, he's like, I'm done, I'm done with that bullshit, I'm Luis Severino, and then just dominated. Uh, I mean, it's a great, it's a great win. Severino did not look good after that inning. He looked you're, good. You're gonna try and spin? No, that's not true. He also got into a huge jam in the third inning. Look, he I, he, he was his stuff was was coming out of his hand beautifully. And in the fourth inning, it was his best inning. The fourth inning was by far his best inning. It and was he looked his best inning. Freaking phenomenal. And I I think it was the right move not to bring him out for the fifth inning. It would have been the third time through the order. And he did get the first two guys out easily in the fourth inning. And then on the last one, it was, I think, Rosario hit a ball down the line that Glaber made, not Glaber, uh, DJ, DJ made a nice play on. I mean, the defense was spectacular. That's the highlight of the game is the defense. The defense was very good today, absolutely. Um, you said the fifth inning you would have left him. I definitely would have brought him back out. He was, at, I think, 83 pitches, 84 pitches. Yeah. Is that what he ended with? And. Uh, and when I see when he's doing when he's pitching at his absolute best at that point, I mean he could have easily gone out there. And not only that, but what, what makes me what bothers me so much is that you tell the pitcher right after he comes in, that's it, that's it. You know what? Why, why can't we just see? What, it was such a quick inning, a half inning as well, that he could have easily gone back out there. 
No, I mean, it's, he it's, could it's have Im- gone back. It's impossible there. for me to nitpick. I'm not. I'm not that guy. Uh, it's just these are comments I'm having during the game. But I would have. I definitely would have brought him back out uh, at least to start the fifth. I don't know. I, I mean, I, it's, it's when you see what transpired in the fifth inning. That was what was infuriating to me. Well, it's crazy that they had to go through both Canely and Ottavino to get a total of two outs. Ottavino got nobody out, right? Um, or right. was it a total of one out? It was Did no. Canely Chad Green got, got one Canely, out. So Canely got two outs, but he was given up hard, hard contact. Yeah. And well, the first, first pitch or his first at bat, it was. Uh, I think it was J.K. Right, right field wall it ended up being yep. a single, but it was yep. a, it was a smack against the wall. And then Adovino comes in and walks Cruz, and they pull him right away. That's the second time that's happened in this series. And you could tell what Cruz's approach was in that at bat. He yeah, wasn't swing at sliders. Nope, I'm <laughs> spitting on that slider, and, and he better throw it for a strike. And there was a ball, I think it was uh, the second pitch, that was a strike in the top of the zone that was not called. Uh, umpire was pretty good, I thought, all day. He, didn't, he wasn't really calling that high strike, uh, but he... He walked him on, on, you know, it was a, a quick at bat, and, and Nelson Cruz went up there basically like, you're going to have to give me what I want for, for me to uh, swing the bat. Right, but so they had to go to Green, who bridged uh, a couple, uh, you know, an inning plus, actually got him into the seventh inning, and then Britton, who made a nice play covering the bag, and then leaves with, they're calling it an ankle? Yeah, they said an ankle injury. I was just really hoping it's not the Achilles. I mean, you, you still, so it was weird because he know. comes he comes back out for the eighth, gives up the home run, and then leaves. It's like you saw him grimacing, walking off the mound in the seventh, and they brought him back out. So you're like, okay, he's fine, but then he leaves a ball up, and it goes out of the park, and then he and then he leaves with a with a quote injury. I don't know. I well, his last his last pitch to Nelson Cruz in the. Um, in the sixth inning, uh, I'm sorry. In the seventh inning, was uh, was a was a horrible pitch, and it was up in the zone, and and he barely he, Nelson Cruz missed the ball, but it was it was over the plate, and it was a it, talking about the comebacker. Yes, that pitch was over the plate. Nelson Cruz absolutely could have smacked that and just missed it. He left the ball over the zone and got lucky against him, um, and he so he was leaving a couple pitches up, but. I don't know what what's going on with Andrew. Hopefully, it's nothing, and he's got time to rest now. So that's uh, let's just let's just hope it's that. It's set up perfectly for the Yankees, where they have four days off, right? Four days, five. Wait, it starts on Saturday. The ALCS starts on Saturday. Yeah, and hopefully, this Tampa Astros. We need one more, goes, baby. Keep going. Goes five because people are already saying, "Oh, it's set up where the uh, Astros are burning Verlander." And yeah, they are, but he could still pitch game two if they win. So that doesn't really change anything. Instead of Verlander going one, Cole two, it's going to go Cole one, Verlander two. But if the Rays can push a game five, they're going to have to throw Garrett Cole. Then that is absolutely massive for the ALCS. It's a huge deal. So we absolutely need the Rays to, to, to beat because uh, Verlander's on short rest tomorrow, right? Yep. And uh, so then you do that. Then you got to throw Cole again. Um, in a de- decisive game, and now now you're looking at one. You got to win the game because it's anybody's. It's a game seven at that point, game five, whatever. And uh, and yeah, your pitching's all screwed up. Granky just got knocked around a little bit. I love it. I love it. I need mayhem. I need absolute mayhem in that series. Yeah, there's nothing better than you, you can just rest at home, kick your feet up, and we we get a we get a nice uh, game at seven seven p.m. tomorrow instead of eight forty at night. We're recording this is after one in the morning, um, and uh, we can just root for mayhem, like you just said. 
Yeah, no, that's it. I said uh, Britain in the sixth. It was Britain seventh going into the eighth. But the uh, right. the you know some of the pitching things that were were bothering me. I thought I thought Boone had a quick hook today, and it worked out. I mean, it did. So there's there you really can't say too much. But it, I think so. It, you thought he had a quick hook with Severino. I thought he had a quick hook with a lot of guys. I think yeah with what? with with um. So he went. Uh, quick hook, I thought quick hook on Severino, especially when you see a guy that's coming into his own. And you know what we've seen already is is he started out slow a couple times and really found that zone. And I don't think you know the difference between eighty three pitches and uh, up to he was good for up to hundred pitches. He he could have gotten if you're looking at pitch count and pitch count alone, he definitely could have gotten to that hundred. Uh, probably would have been you know one more inning if not if not close to it. Um, but wouldn't he have had to face the top of the order again? Yeah, fine. At that point when he was throwing the way he was. The the first the first. Why do you keep saying that? It's not like he was throwing great. Yes, he, he was, was in that he, last he did not inning. Have, he was he did not have bullshit. He did not have command of his fastball all game. Andrew, did you? The fourth inning was dominant. That the fastball that the the ball that was hit down the line was you know that was a, a fastball that uh, whoever it was it was uh, was it Rosario who we said that Lemayhu caught. He was laid out a fastball and caught it down the line like. It, it it wasn't it wasn't a bad pitch. He was pitching very well. That was he was peaking out at that point. He easily could have gone one more inning, and I think we would have seen probably a clean inning. And honestly, if you're looking at the way he was going through the rotation, I'm sorry, through the lineup the first time, like they didn't see that same guy. That that was a different guy in the fourth inning than than uh, than they were than he was in the first inning. So you know the, I, the third time through wasn't a big deal to me. I think he just escaped trouble so many times, first, second, and third innings. He had to escape trouble that Boone didn't want to risk it again. And I I actually agreed with it because I didn't like what I saw overall out of Severino. Just too much trouble. Too many base runners, not enough command of his fastball. Either way. I'm not saying he sucked. I'm just saying that I think it was the right time to pull him. Either way. uh, I mean, the fourth inning was his by far his best inning. Uh, And then you bring in Canely. Um, and then you you get rid of him, and then you take out out of Vino immediately. What I don't like about that is now now you just burn two of your best relievers in the fifth inning. Oh and, yeah, it certainly we got, put him in a tough spot. And we got spot. a long ass game going on ahead of us. Uh, so I just saw this coming down to the you know eighth ninth inning, and then all of a sudden we got to get Chapman to go maybe two innings, and you know it's just it's just high risk at that point. I thought um, where there's no one else that you really trust at that point. Beyond uh, beyond who you have um, with Britain and Chapman, and then Britain leaves with an injury, and now we got Tyler Lyons warming up. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, and he put himself in that posi- that position with the fifth inning. Yeah, and Tyler Lyons was never coming in that game, but but it was a two run game for a long time. So had the Yankees, the Yankees put themselves in a situation where they absolutely had to win the game, or else game four was going to be really difficult. Right. I mean, burn through all those bullpen arms and not knowing who you were going to be starting. It's like, would they have started Paxton on short rest? Would they have started um, an opener? Would they have started Jay Happ? It would have been really interesting. And we're never going to find out. We're never going to Thank know. God we're never going to find out. Nobody wants to know that. I kind of want to know what their plan was going to be. I don't care. I don't care, nor do I want to know. The, what, what they did today... Um, they did enough. They did exactly what they needed to do to get out. You get Cameron Mabin at the end coming in for for defense for Stanton, who um, yeah, you he, know, got looked, he got a bloop. He got a bloop. The first at bat was pretty goddamn terrible. Oh, it was um, the wor- one of the worst at bats I've ever seen. The, the final <laughs> swing was embarrassing. Uh, but then you have you know you have Mabin coming in for defense and hitting a pop out the left field for a nice insurance run, and then Didi, who was just phenomenal all all series, but all game, but all series, he's been good. 
Yeah, all serious. I do want to get touch on some other stuff uh, from the first two games because <laughs> as much as people may have enjoyed those first two podcasts, we didn't really give much analysis. So we're going to talk about that stuff too. First, I want to tell you about Indochino. Indochino was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. Scott, I've told you I've gone into Indochino. I've gotten, um, they measured me for my suit and it is, first of all, it's fun when you go in there. You feel like you are a baller. You feel like you're getting something of quality, uh, a quality product. You get to pick out your fabric. You can customize it. You can change up the lining. We know Didi's an Indochino guy. Didi had a massive game. He just continues to murder the Twins. Like, is he the mayor of Minnesota at this point? But Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. You get to personalize all the details, including your lapel, lining, and your own monograms. They have hundreds of suit options for all occasions, including work, formal events, and even your wedding, which mine is coming up right around the corner. The best part is, is that they are affordable. Almost all of their custom clothing is under $400. Tell people how they can get a good deal here, Scott. Uh, Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Code Bronx at checkout, plus shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code Bronx for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. An incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. So I mentioned the bases-loaded escape that Severino got as a huge turning point. Another one I thought was when Green escaped on that glaber LeMahieu play. Yeah. In the in the uh, in the fifth inning, that was, and that was just an awesome play all around. Glaber was in right short right field. That's where that he was shifted. So he made a nice sliding play. But the real hard part of that whole entire thing was that Lemayhu went to cut the ball off, missed it, and had to run back to first base, and then on the fly scoop the thing. I mean, it was a crazy good play by Lemayhu. I thought. Yeah, I mean, I think both of them. It's it's uh, it's pretty high, pretty high level of uh, of difficulty for both guys. I mean, w- with Glaber, you know, the range. I know he was he was out on the short grass, but he's uh, you got to go pretty far, and then you got to contort your body to get get around that throw and and, and make a strong throw over there. Um, and then yeah, Lemayhu had to kind of go back and forth a couple times, and uh, and then pick the ball. And the balls, it's a it's a different it's a different stretch too because he's stretching towards the outfield. You know, as he's running towards the bag. Um, so it's not he kind of like very fell down into the bag and scooped it I mean that's yeah. a play that I, I think a lot of first basemen don't make or they end up blocking it and the guy's safe and maybe a run scores so I mean it's just I, I just don't think it can go unnoticed that play and also just the defense overall the defense I think helped out the pitching immensely many many times tonight oh there's no doubt I mean the judge catch in right field no one yeah. else catches that ball the stupid ass comment by Smoltz uh, talking about Mookie Betts, what are we doing here? What, what, what are you even getting uh, that man's name into this? So angry at Smoltz. They, they the really, they really hate him. Uh, um, you know what I did? I just turned the volume pretty much all the way off. I, I had it on. I just, I just wasn't paying attention to to what they were saying. I, I, I definitely let out an occasional "shut the f up, Smoltz," but um, just because he says some stupid shit that pisses me off. But um, I really don't. We're probably listen. getting him for the ALCS with Buck. The bottom line is, is like all of these announcers when he gets to national broadcasts, like. If we're all going to pull our hair out of these guys about their their right. Yankee bias and all that stuff, you're going to drive yourself crazy. It's so don't stupid. even worry Just about it. Just ignore them. Just yeah. ignore them. Because it's all like that. It's all like that. 
but whatever, you know, we should be used to that by now. Um, but yeah, the defense was phenomenal. That uh, the the Glaber and then Didi in the in the ninth inning with a, yeah. a diving play up the middle that probably it definitely saves a run if not two, uh, or at least uh, you know a runner going to third base and then Nelson Cruz is up right. It's like of course Chapman has to make it interesting in the ninth inning. You got a four run lead and you come in and you give a base hit and walk a guy. It's like. That's why, on, that's why I didn't want to have to use him for two innings. That's first time all season he's had to do it. That's the thing. Like we're doing that when, when you're putting yourself in that situation and you're burning two guys in the fifth inning, two of your high leverage guys, you're putting yourself in a bad situation for later, especially he against must have team. not liked. I don't think he liked what he saw to Canely. Didn't want him to face Nelson Cruz and definitely. I don't know. This is kind of weird how they're only using Ottavino for one batter matchup kind of thing. That's new. I just not even. I don't know because I think if he, what if he doesn't walk that guy, he might stay in the game. What he's doing is he's playing himself out of the out of the bullpen and into these situations. When he goes up there and throws four balls and he's just throwing those frisbees across the plate and everybody's spitting on him and nobody's even taking them seriously anymore, then it's a problem. So, well, Cruz, he came in to face Cruz, obviously a right-handed hitter, and then Rosario's up after that, who's a lefty. So maybe he didn't want him to face the lefty. It's possible. I mean, didn't you bring? You have Chad Green coming in. Um, I mean, I know the matchup plays better uh, for for Green, but it's you can't you can't do anything with a guy that doesn't throw strikes. Like that's no. that's it. So I mean, it, it stops there. I think uh, you know whatever your plan is with him, whatever it, whatever it is, and it's all blown out the window if you're not throwing strikes as a reliever. And and Adovino's had a problem. That's been his his Achilles heel this season. Yeah, the Twins put so many guys on base tonight and just couldn't come through in any of the situations. Um, and that's one of the crazy things. We're looking at what this team has done with the long ball. And, you know, I think one of the – talking about this series and what we're trying to do is eliminate base runners because if you can do that, then they're going to hit home runs. You're going to limit the damage of those home runs. But there were base runners all day. All solo home runs, though, for the Twins. I know. The entire they, series. They couldn't get them in the – they couldn't get these shots in the couldn't big get them in moments. The big moment. Yeah, I mean, the Twins are certainly, they won 100 games. And this was a stat that they mentioned on the broadcast. And it's actually kind of funny because Rohan and I were talking about it uh, Saturday after uh, after the game that I couldn't remember a 100-win team getting swept in the playoffs. It's happened eight times, now nine times. But it's the first time it ever happened in the LDS round that a 100-win team was swept in the playoffs. But... It's not every day a 100-win team faces off against a 100-win team in the LDS round. Like That's a pretty rare occurrence. And it, when you think about these playoffs, there were 300-win teams in the playoffs. It's just like there's so many, there's more than ever 100-win teams and 100-loss teams in the league overall. So maybe the Twins were an inflated 100-win team, but it's still not easy to win 100 games. No, but it is easier when, when you're playing the... Uh... The Detroit Tigers, who were the worst team in baseball, the uh, the Kansas City Royals, who were a horrible team, and then the Chicago White Sox, who were a very young team and struggled a lot. So, you, and then you have you know uh, just really one opponent that's worthy in your division. It's uh, it's it's a little different than than playing um, some of these other ones. And I know we had the Orioles in ours, but I think the rest of the competition in the AL East was still was formidable at least. Yeah, better than than the Central, but. Um... Some other thoughts, leftover thoughts from games one and two that we didn't really get to mention. The the Yankees offense just wore the Twins pitching down in the first two games. They saw in the first two games 354 pitches and drew 16 walks. That's basically a walk, at least one walk every inning, 
and about 22 pitches an inning that they saw from Twins pitching. Control the strike zone, man. That's that was uh, that was Boone's mantra from from uh, year one, and and it's been it's really been one of these Yankee qualities we've seen in, in a lot of Yankee teams over the past you know 15, 20 years. These guys work the count. They always they, ever since I've been a Yankee fan and watching the Yankee games, it seems like they've had guys that work the count, and um, and, and that's what makes them so difficult when when they uh, when when they get to postseason because I think it just it becomes an escalator. Um, and it wears. Well, it's not out. what happened tonight. Tonight they were swinging a lot, especially against Odorizzi. I thought Odorizzi looked pretty good. He did look good, and that's why I'm glad he didn't pitch against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium because I think he would have been a bigger problem at Yankee Stadium, uh, you know. And and flipping the flipping the kid because that was what we originally had talked about. Originally, what was rumored that uh, that Baldelli was going to do was that Dahlbeck was going to get Game Three at home, and and Odorizzi was going to get uh, Game Two at the stadium, and. and to me, that made a lot of sense because of the, you know, the history of um, of Odorizzi. And he's pitched at Yankee Stadium and done. You know, he's got experience there. But no, they threw the the kid into the gauntlet. <laughs> and I think one, uh, Encarnacion changes the lineup. I think. Yeah. He not he, today, but yeah. No, but in the first two games, he reached base five times and he had four hits in the two games. And just having him in the middle of the order, I think, changed things. Even he came off cold into the series cold because he didn't get it back from the oblique injury, but he didn't miss a beat. And I, I just think, I, I just think he's just a, a force that you see Stanton and you see Sanchez have these lost at bats at times. Like there, Sanchez in the eighth inning with Glaber after that leadoff double is up there taking big daddy hacks when all he needs to do is hit a fly ball or a ground ball to move the runner over. And he's there trying to hit the ball 700 feet. Yeah. No, I mean, they. I, I think that there's a couple guys that, like you see, you see work, you see um, Encarnacion who does work the count like a just. He's, we've we've said this a hundred times. He's a pro. He's 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 an assassin. He's a pro hitter. And when you have guys like him, you have guys like Lemayhu who didn't look good today offensively, but you know works the count, does does his job um, up at the plate. You got some some guys in there who are just unbelievably professional hitters, and and now that you're seeing what Glaber can do because he was unbelievable tonight. I mean, he is the the budding superstar of this team uh, on the offensive side, and and I think. We're kind of seeing him come to age, and hopefully he can continue this. If he can do this against some some good pitching in the next round, like we're I think we're we're, we're kind of witnessing that that year um, from a young guy. But he's so much fun to watch, and I think like having those guys, like you're talking about, those guys that can work the count, um, having them around uh, a guy like Labor is so good for his development. So any any final thoughts from this twin series? We're gonna do a whole ALCS preview podcast, like I said. Um, for after we find out who who they're playing it'll probably be out later this week thursday or friday depending on because the the if it goes to game five that would be thursday night right for the for the rays astros so let's just say friday is when the the al alcs preview podcast will be out yeah that works we'll record it on uh on thursday so that we can um well maybe well it'll, yeah it'll be out on friday uh but the um, I, you know, the twins are who we thought they were. I guess <laughs> that of the of years past, or or maybe I should say the twins aren't who we thought they might be this year, which is different because they're not. They're they're the same twins. They're the same 
hopeless twins that can't win a game in the postseason. We saw the home run numbers. We saw the road record. We saw the Rocco Ball Deli. It's like all these new guys on there. But no, still same, same, same uniform, same colors, same ballpark, same fans. Was Ronald Torres even on their uh, their postseason roster? He was. He not. was not on the. He was not on their roster, and I did not see a shot of him in the dugout today. Don't know if they showed a shot of him in the first two games. Big mistake. <laughs> big, big mistake. Probably the mistake of the series for the Minnesota Twins. If they wanted any shot, Ronald Torres had to be on that team. And uh, I mean, that's pretty well known. I don't know. I don't know how Baldelli missed that one, but that's a big. Uh, that's a big swing point for the for the Yankees at that. When we don't see a uh, little toe over there. To, I think it would have made some guys nervous on our side. Judge would have felt bad. So obviously excited to to sweep the Twins, but it. I was just watching. I was trying to catch. Yes, they were showing the the clubhouse and guys are popping champagne and spraying each other and obviously look excited. But I don't know about you, but my mentality is like, yeah, this was expected. This was necessary. This is a necessary stepping stone to the next thing. Well, yes, that is it. <laughs> You have no, to. No, you're excited, it. but you're not. You're excited, but you're you're also just like, all right, let let's get to the next one now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I don't think them spraying champagne or any of that crap does has anything to do with the mentality of. What no, I'm talking about you and me. I'm talking about me, my mentality right now. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. I'm happy they swept the Twins, but <laughs> we all, as fans, we all expected that. Is what you're saying? Yeah, we I expected agree. The, we expected the series win, whether it's a sweep four or whatever. We expected the Yankees to beat the Twins because we knew they were a better team. And yeah. I expect the Astros to beat the Rays, whether it's in four or five. They're on a collision course with the Astros. Just want to see that series. Just let's get mono y mono. Let's see what happens. I do want to see that series because um, I feel like they are the best team, and I kind of want to go through that team right now. Although, that being said, I don't care who we play. As long as they beat each other up and we get a, uh, a battered team, I'm good with that. You know, nobody remembers that crap. Uh, I want the best opportunity for the Yankees to make to the World Series, and you know what? They well, should be the Rays. <laughs> they should be rewarded. They should be rewarded because what they did is they took care of business in the shortest amount of time that you could possibly take care of business. And the other two teams are still dicking around in the trap and and you know doing whatever they got to do out there. So, you know what the Yankees did is took care of business, and it was a very big game for them, I think, because if they didn't do this, now they're losing a potential. Um, you know they're losing a potential one up on on the on the next team if they were to have lost tonight and just had to play one more game. I also think there's a good chance they would have gone back to Yankee Stadium had they lost tonight because I don't know what the pitching situation was for Game Four. I mean maybe, but the uh, either way, just one more game still puts a a, a wrench into um, what you could have been. You know for the ALCS and that's fully rested, fully planned out, fully ready to go with whatever you got. And now everybody who is, you know, feeling an injury or, or you know, uh, a little sore or beat up or whatever, got time now. Got some days off. That's yes. huge. If, if you can get some days off like this. <laughs> Thank then, you. Thank God. If, yeah, for all of us. <laughs> if you can get some days off at this point, uh, I think for especially the Yankees with the amount of injuries that they've had, like, that's a good thing. I'm not worried about too much time off with this team right now. Not even a little bit. Yeah, you could probably hear it in both me and Scott's voices that we've had. We're feeling still feeling the effects of the weekend, um, and I think uh, a few days of sleep and not staying up until one in the morning will do us quite well. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all right with that. That's a that, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But no, this 
you know, recapping the rest of it, like this weekend was just unbelievable. It was so much fun at the stadium. That place was alive. Um, and uh, it's just really cool to see Yankee Stadium popping like it used to because uh, it, it does it does feel like that when you're there. It's uh, the energy is 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 incredible at Yankee Stadium when the when the Yankees are going. The fan base they come out, man. Uh, everybody who was there was was uh, was 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 giving it all. So I, was, I mean, uh, our section was on fire. It was our section was on fire, but the rest of the stadium was. I mean, I've seen you know shots of other places in the stadium. It, it was it break the whole stadium brought it. And and, uh, and and I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, great, great series win. Like we said, enjoy the couple days off. We'll be back with another podcast previewing on Friday. The ALCS. We will and, talk to you. And and one more thing. One, one more, more thing. thing. What's one more? Thing? We've got ALCS tickets. Oh, we, yes. <laughs> we still have ALCS tickets. Uh, there are some left. There are not a lot left, but there are some left. So if you are still looking to get these tickets, uh, the price right now is 250 bucks. That price may not stay where it is uh, for, for much longer. So I would not hesitate. If you're on the email list, um, go gobble those up uh, and get those seats because they, they, they do come. It's 250 right now. The package as it stands currently is 250 um, you get a uh, a beanie that is not meant for the game because the turnaround time is just too it's too quick. I'm trying to get it by that game, but it's not likely just because the turnaround time is so fast um, for for printing something that uh, that that's custom like this. Um, and then uh, also a 2020 game against the uh, the Minnesota Twins. So it's a it's a good deal. And um, I think the secondary market's up to like 350 plus. So. Oh, yeah. So I looked before game three against the Twins, and the same section was going for 300 plus. So now that they've clinched, it's got to be going for 350. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy what they're selling it for. And again, we're not selling them on the secondary markets, not right now at least, unless you guys don't buy tickets at, at, a, at a much lower rate. If you want to go to the ALCS, there's no reason not to buy these tickets. It's, yeah. it's a good seat. You're sitting with 200 plus. Yeah, we have like, 200, like 200 225 plus tickets. Group of people. Like you saw what it looked like on TV at game two. Like, don't you want to be a part of that? And also, it's cheaper than going on uh, these other secondary sites. Yeah, pretty much. So um, do that. Get on the, if you haven't gotten on the mailing list, um, it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it up on Twitter. Uh, if you are on the mailing list, um, you should have all the links and all the passwords to get to the uh, to the listings. The reason why we keep them back and keep them under kind of a, a password and security like that is because one, I don't want brokers getting a hold of them, and two, I don't want opponent teams getting a hold of them. I'm trying to control these seats a little bit so that we can get our good Yankees fans in there. That's the reason we're doing this. We want good Yankees fans in there, trying to give you guys a good deal um, and, and uh, watch a hell of a game with some good people. That's the intent. That's the reason why we're doing this. So. Um, gobble them up because if you don't, uh, I gotta sell them somehow, so some way after that. If if we're not getting them, I don't expect that to happen by any means. Uh, they'll probably be gone by tomorrow, honestly. But um, go grab them. And um, there was one more thing I was gonna say about those tickets. I don't remember what it was, but um, yeah. So they're for home games one and two, and obviously that changes depending on who they play. If they play the sure. Rays, it's the games one and two of the series. If they play the Astros, it's games three and four of the series. So go. MLB.com slash postseason schedule. You can see all the schedule when those games would be. Um, so it's it's not hard to figure out, but that's just the, the situation uh, that we're currently dealing with. And then if you're, if you're not finding the uh, subscribe links or any of that stuff, you can always email us at info at bronxpinstripes.com. You can get a hold of me. 
Um, and uh, I can get you all the information from there as well if you are having trouble find it. Um, but yeah, this is um, this is going to be fun. And, and a lot of people have been asking me about World Series, uh, World Series tickets and, and how that's going to work. And I will know more about that soon, very soon, because now that they've clinched uh, the Yankees and their box office, we'll start moving forward to the, the series after because that's how this has worked. You know, when we originally talked about this, it was um, that we were not going to release the tickets until they clinched. And unfortunately, the, the tune has changed from the team a little bit. And um, we, have to, we have to do some things ahead of it. So with the World Series tickets, they will be, uh, again, we have on reserve 225 tickets for Games 1 and Games 2, home games one of both of those. If you want those tickets, um, definitely sign up for these mailing lists because you're going to have to commit to them a little early. You're not, we're not going to be able to wait until the ALCS is finished. This is not going to work out for um, the way that they are, are asking for um, you know upfront stuff. So uh, just prepare for that. They're they're going to be uh, available, but they're going to be you're going to have to commit to them early. There will be obviously refunds uh, back if they do not make the World Series, but that's just kind of the the deal and how how it's going to work. All right, awesome stuff. We will talk to you in a few days. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.